Hi, and welcome to another installment of My Beloved Purpose. You can follow me at, um, at Beloved Purpose on Twitter and then check out my my beloved purpose facebook page so we've been talking about single parenting for a couple um episodes now and i wanted to continue that discussion i think last time i said that i would talk a little bit about co-parenting so just a brief disclaimer i don't have a ton of co-parenting experience unfortunately my ex passed away when um, my daughter was uh, a couple months from being two but what I can talk to you about is um, what I was really striving for and what I honestly believe all parents should strive for when they have to co-parent, as well as the emotional um, challenges that come with um, those beginning stages. So we're going to dive right in. I went into this co-parenting thing with rose-colored glasses on. Like I really believed that... I would have this perfect co-parenting relationship, despite how, um, you know, toxic our relationship had been. I really thought, you know, maybe as co-parents, we can have what I always, you know, dreamed of having if I'd been in that situation where we could be friends with, um, you know, each other's new girlfriends or boyfriends where, um, we wouldn't have to have separate birthday parties where we would be able to come together for holidays and such so that our daughter could see that even though we're not in the same house, we're still a family. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the reality that I lived. It is something that I had for, that I thought I was, that I thought I had in the, in the very beginning stages. So um, just to give you a little bit of background, my ex suffered from addiction. And so when our daughter was um, about four months, he got hit by a car and ended up um, being put on opiates, which um, caused a major relapse that was completely terrible. It was something that, you know, he'd had relapses in the past, but nothing to that level. I had never, I had always been able to pull him back but I couldn't pull him back from that. So ultimately, I ended up sending him to rehab. I ended up getting him into a sober living facility when he got out. Unfortunately, he got kicked out of there for using. And so um, due to this, you know, I didn't let him come and stay with us. And he ended up having to stay in a shelter. Nonetheless, I told I still told, I said, look, every weekend you can come over here. You can see her. Um, if if you need an Uber, I'll pay for it until you get on your feet, until you get a new job, blah, blah, blah. So that worked for about a month and a half. I think he came over, um, if not both Saturday and Sunday, at least one of those um, weekend um, days. And you know, that wasn't even perfectly ideal because I'll be honest with you, I really wanted to, you know, I'd spend a few moments with him sitting with her, but I really wanted to give them space to bond without me. And that was a problem for him. You know, he wanted me to be in the room if if he was there, um, but I wanted him to bond with her more so than me being in the room because I felt like, you know, the end of the relationship was my decision. So I felt like I didn't want to force myself 
um, on him, even since he had to be at my house when he interacted with our daughter. The reason I didn't let him take her anywhere is because one, he didn't have a place to live. And when he got that, he a place to live, he was an addict still struggling with his addiction. So I wasn't gonna let him watch her without me being at least in the same physical space. And so I would try to do things like clean and, and whatnot. That didn't work out so well, but you know what I said, eventually he will get over it and he will be in the same space where I am. My biggest thing with him was, um, you know, at the time we just weren't in the same place as far as what was best for our child. And I, and I understand that. And I think this is where a lot of people get off on the wrong foot when they're trying to co-parent because there's always somebody who wanted more. It's very rare to have a situation where both parents are okay with it being the way that it is. And so if you want more, understand that that's okay to want that, but you also need to be able to put that aside for the sake of your child. So moving forward from that um, situation, I want to talk about when even this small little piece of... Um, decent co-parenting what when this part really just broke down I remember it was one Saturday I had always been the one texting him reminding him like okay and asking like okay which day are you coming are you coming Saturday are you coming Sunday just so I could coordinate my schedule in terms of grocery shopping and things like that um I didn't have a car at the time um because I didn't know how to drive back then and so neither of us had a car to get around. So obviously I had to coordinate a little bit more than I would have had to, had I had a vehicle. But it it really broke down. I remember being super frustrated. Like he, one Saturday, he just dodged my calls. Like I texted him and I said, hey, what time are you coming? I wanna run to the grocery store. I didn't wake up as early no response. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to the grocery store. I'm sure, he'll, I'm sure he'll respond by the time I get home. I get home, no response. Um, and this was like an hour and a half later or so. And so I'm like, okay, well, he's usually on his way by now. So I don't know. So I called him, no response, texted him, no response. And the more I call, the more I text, the more angry I'm getting because it's, you know, I was still paying his phone bill. I was paying his phone bill so that he could communicate with me about his child, so that he could have a, a reliable phone um, in order to, you know, coordinate schedules and for me to send him pictures. Like I was always, um, he had told me that he really felt like he wasn't a part of the family because he wasn't seeing her every day. So I did my best. I didn't send him pictures every day, but I did do my best to send him pictures a few times a week of her videos and I did try to um, have him call but obviously with her age at the time I think she was um, t 10 months at the time just about to be 10 months and so you know obviously there was no talking on her end but in any case so I'm getting angrier and angrier and at this point I realized something I was still trying to mold him into someone that he was not interested in being at the time. Only this time I was trying to mold him into the father that I wanted him to be for our child. And that is just so unhealthy. Like it was in that moment that I was like, I've got to take a step back. 
And that's my advice to you. Like if you are the one that's constantly scheduling everything for your other co-parent, whether it be the man or the woman, to see their child, stop. Unless it's working. But if it's getting you to the point where you're getting angry, you're getting heated, you're getting frustrated, you got to stop. Because it is so mentally draining to try and drag someone through a process the way you want them, them to go through it. So I realized at that point that I had to stop. So I did. I told him, I said, when he finally called me at 4 p.m., even though he was supposed to be over at noon, he told me he overslept. And I'm like, interesting. You overslept like six hours. In any case, you know, we had our argument and I explained, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I said, from now on, it's on you to call your daughter. From now on, it's on you to text your daughter. And at that point, I actually canceled his line. I said, I'm not paying for your phone anymore. And to some, they might say that was petty, but the reality for me was anytime he contacted me, it was to yell at me about us not being together. It was never about our daughter. And so I realized, I said, you know, I gotta take a step back. It's Everything's on you. And I put the ball in his court. And unfortunately, he did not do so well seeing her even once he got a phone um for a while he was using messenger and i later discovered that he was in a relationship with someone and he was living with her and that's why i guess he um overslept or whatever um and ultimately that relationship that he was in was very toxic um he and i argued a lot and it wasn't um about it was more he had all these preconceived notions about about things based on what she was telling him however you know obviously me being the mom of my child I wasn't going to let my daughter go over there he's a, he was an addict she was an alcoholic um and so th there was just no world where I would let my daughter go over there without me being present um, especially since I had not met the girl. Every conversation that he and I would have on the phone, if she was home, she would get on and curse me out. So I was always a firm believer, and this is something that I told him, look, if I'm ne I would never have dated a guy, brought him around our child, if the guy had not met my ex. And this is something that I made clear to him long before either of us started dating. It was when when I was explaining to him that we would be going our separate ways if he couldn't get his addiction through. One of his concerns was, I don't want random guys around my daughter. And I said, that would never happen. And I'm still a firm believer in this. I really don't think that if you have, I think, if, I feel like if you have a co-parent who um, is in your child's life, whether you guys get along all the time or not, I, I do not believe you should bring another man or woman around that child that has not met their other parent. Because I think that should be the ultimate test. If you're not serious enough for them to meet that other person, then to me, you're not serious enough with them for them to meet your child. That's just me. Now, I don't have that luxury of having anyone meet my ex um, anymore because he's gone. But what I can tell you is 
um, no one is going to meet my daughter that doesn't meet my dad over FaceTime or doesn't interact with my family over FaceTime and preferably in person. Um, and so that, that, um, I went off a little bit there, but that, that was kind of one of my sticking points with him too. Like I would be happy to meet with you and your girlfriend. She had kids as well. And, and I could meet with you at, at a neutral, a family friendly place, neutral ground. That would be fine with me. They never agreed to that. And so that's another part where you have to, I remember getting into shouting matches with this woman and it was so frustrating because it was like she didn't know, she had no clue what she was talking about and really didn't have the right to tell me what to be comfortable with in my situation as a parent. So that's what I want to say. Like you have to understand some women and some men and some, you know, depending on whether you, your situation or if you're a male or female listening to this, but some some people are always going to find fault with you because based on what your ex tells them about you. The key thing to remember is that it can never get away, get in the way of your co-parenting. I remember getting into the girl cursing me out, him screaming at me because and then me kind of just taking a step back and being like, look, I got to go. If you want to see your daughter, um, I think at this point when we had one of our arguments, it had been like, I don't know, maybe four months since he'd seen her, maybe three. Um, and I was just like, if you want to see your daughter, text me. I, I, I don't have time for this. So I just hung up. And I was very good by this point at just being like, whatever, he's drunk, he's on something he's whatever but I wasn't taking it personally and you can't either because when you start to take their attacks against you personally and by personally I mean when you start feeling like it's a symptom of who you are as opposed to a symptom of who they are that's when you start um messing up on your end as a co-parent there is seriously only so much that you can do right? You are 50% of that equation is you. 50%, I'm sorry, 50% of that co-parenting relationship is you and 50% is the other person. It doesn't matter how hard you try, you are still only controlling 50% of that situation because they can choose to meet you halfway. They can choose to do better or they could choose to do the same that they've been doing. And in my case, that's what I got. He chose to do the same that he'd been doing. And it was a very hard co-parenting relationship, especially while he was in that relationship with that girl. And eventually he got out of that relationship. He ended up moving back home. And we got into a place where um, the toxic arguments and fights that we would have just stopped. Now, did he get any better at calling our daughter? Absolutely not. Um, whenever I went home, I would make sure she saw him um, once he moved back. And so then after our visits, he would often call a little more frequently for a couple weeks and then he would trail off. And, and you know, honestly, I got used to that. And it, it, you know, just before he died, it did get better. 
we start, he was able to be happy for me when I learned how to drive. Um, he, he had in the past, he always had a tough time being happy when I succeeded in things. Um, and so for me, it was a really good sign that things were turning the corner. Unfortunately, the story ended there, but I wanted to talk about this today because I want you to understand um, where I'm coming from when I say, if you can, do co-parent the right way. Your kids will benefit so much from being able to say, my parents get along. I know um, one of my aunts has always had beautiful co-parenting relationships. One of my bosses has had be a beautiful co-parenting relationship. And I wish that that's something that my daughter could have. She will never um, have that at this point. But she, so just do your best. And if the other person isn't ready, if they're not there yet, you keep being ready. Every time I got cursed out, he would text me and apologize and explain, I live here. I can't, you know, defend you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But she shouldn't have said that. He would apologize. But, and I would just be like, okay, that's fine. You can talk to me about our daughter. And so I always held my, my um, cool attitude after I relinquished, after I realized that I had no control over how he behaved, after I stopped trying to force him to see her, after I stopped trying to um, force him to talk to her on the phone, after I stopped trying to force him, blah, 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 whatever. Once I relinquished control, I felt so much happier. So if you're in one of those toxic co-parenting relationships where your co-parent is just a jerk and they are doing everything they can to kind of bring you to a toxic place of anger, do not let them. You keep your level head because ultimately your child is going to thank you. If they don't get it together before your child's old enough to realize who the person who was wrong in this situation, your child will realize it. And that's ultimately what matters. I take comfort in the fact that I kept every promise I made to him right up until, right, I mean, right until he died, right? I kept every promise of never pushing her, him out of her life, no matter what. I had some rules, yes, that's okay. You can have rules if you're if your ex is an addict or an alcoholic and you don't feel comfortable with your child being with them alone, you can have rules. Heck, I even attempted to go to court um, so that he could have supervised visits where I wasn't a part of the equation. You know, they have supervised visitation centers. Unfortunately, he didn't want that. That might be an avenue for you if it's necessary. I like to, I agree that you should keep things out of the courts as much as possible because I think when you get courts involved, then people start feeling attacked. But in certain situations, um, if someone is continuously hounding you or making excuses for why they can't see their child, one of the excuses was his girlfriend wasn't okay with him coming over my house. Okay, then let's do the supervised visitation centers. No, then that means you're not trying to meet me halfway, right? So the courts are useful. 
when it gets to a point where you're being blamed for a situation that you're not causing. And that's, that's the simple reality. Um, that's what you can do. If it's to the point where even if, if that's not an issue, if it's to a point where they're so toxic, I was reading stories on people, um, like how the court intervenes and they have apps where you, where they're monitored by the courts for people who are in toxic situations where they're being cursed out by their ex or they're getting aggressively verbal uh verbally aggressive behavior that some people aren't allowed to text their exes over the phone because they let things get too toxic if you're in one of those situations where everything that they do just you know every time they text you it's negative and you can't handle that and you can't just brush it off to the side either find a personal mediator someone in your family who's willing to do it or for that you might want to go to the courts and get one of those systems where it's like you can only talk to me through this court approved app so that every word that you say is going to be verifiable and the reason i say these things are useful measures is because at some point you do have to do what's best for the child. And in some instances, getting the courts involved is going to be best if the co-parent is um, just, just to the point where, where you can't do anything more on your end because no one deserves to be harassed. Um, my final thought on co-parenting is this. A lot of people look at the co-parenting relationship is something that lasts 18 years. But let me tell you, you need to learn how to get along because it lasts for the rest of your child's life. I would not ever want my child to, to have been in a situation where she had to choose which parent she invited over for Christmas dinner. She had to choose which parent she invited to her baby shower, etc., etc. Don't ever put your kids through that. Because the minute you start looking at this as an 18-year thing, no, no, it's a forever thing. A forever thing. Eventually, the things that you do together are going to be less and less, obviously, the older they get, when they have their own families, when they move away. But regardless, you still need to be able to get along. Don't make your kids choose. Put your kids in a position where they don't have to. By putting aside the pettiness, because life is too short. Life is way too short. And if you are the co-parent, that's the problem. Get it together. Because it's on you and your kid is going to remember that. Your kid is going to know that. As soon as they become an adult and they start dealing with their own relationships, they're going to figure it out. And that might change your relationship completely and you do not want that. So with that, I'm going to say happy Sunday, everyone. I hope you have a really beautiful Monday. Um, hope you have a really beautiful week next week. Um, prayers to all of those out in Texas um, dealing with those terrible storms. I'm praying it gets better um, and just uh, keep your head up because we are all rooting for you.